Welcome to Brand Agony. I'm Alan Black. Every episode, we use the soothing power of stronger language to solve a problem for a troubled marketing professional. Today, we're talking about writing site content in trying times. Or to put it another way, how can you keep quality high when your budget is low? To answer this thorniest of questions, I'm joined by a dynamic duo of content creators, Black Ads' Chris Tapley. Hello. Hello, Chris. And Helen Selby. Hello. Hello, Helen. Uh, On to this week's letter, which comes from Harry in Great Yarmouth. Dear Blackad, I'm the marketing lead at a furniture design company. The pandemic has hit us pretty hard. Unfortunately, we've had a lot of redundancies. We still have a couple of content writers, but their roles are now more focused on business as usual. Here's the thing. A new website has been in the car for ages, but we really can't afford to put it on hold anymore. How can we complete it to a high standard when money and resources are so tight? Yours, crippled by content, demands Harry. So, thanks for your letter, Harry. The situation you're in isn't easy to handle. We've seen quite a few clients and we've heard quite a few stories of people struggling with almost exactly this issue. Um, this lack of in-house capability is 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 really tri- sort of trying and testing. And it's it's kind of tough to know how you will get this done. But um, it's something that we, we've certainly helped clients with and it's certainly I think we can help you with too. So as usual, we're going to tackle the situation in three steps, diagnosis, treatment and Staying healthy. So, on to the diagnosis, Helen. I mean, in a way, the diagnosis is right there in front of us. You know, we can't do this because we don't have the resource that we used to have. Uh, It's horrible that people have lost their jobs. It's it's equally tough, I think, for the, well, not equally tough, but it's tough for the people that are still in the roles and, you know, still having to get the job done. So, um, what are your initial thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think um, the the problem is quite obvious, but it just sounds like a really tough situation. You know, the team is stretched, redundancies have been made, morale's pretty low. Um, I think it's just hard to know how to even get started with a big project like writing a website. And I do think it's important just to acknowledge that first, like this isn't an easy situation. Um, but to me, like the main issue here as well seems to be that presumably there's not really any sort of strategy or content plan in place at the moment. So it might sound a bit obvious, but I think it's really key to have a thorough plan in place. And part of that can include thinking about who's actually going to write this content and how. Yeah, I think there's something else that I I would like to add as part of the diagnosis. There there might also be an issue here that we've got um, too big a job on our plates here. You know, maybe Mm. the diagnosis is, so first of all, let's just like, and we'll perhaps come to this later on as well, but I think it's worth saying it up front. First of all, the most obvious thing might be, you know, do you really, really, really need the new website? Now, mm. Ari said that he does. Can't put it off any f- further. So you, you've maybe got a changing market. You've got new products. You've got new services. Uh, perhaps COVID has put a kind of a hole in things for your customer base and you need to tr- try and help them ad- address, you know, new needs or perhaps mm. just your services is evolved in different ways. We're assuming here that we do need the new website. We're not. We can't just patch up what we've got. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a kind of fair, fair thing to to think about. And and I think the other thing that we'll maybe come into later on in terms of, um, you know, how this plays out. But I think this is part of diagnosis as well. It's like if any of our listeners are taking a look at their own um assets and thinking, you know, how do we how do we get to where the plan tells us we need to be with the resource we've got? We, we might be looking at doing very much just a minimum viable product, minimum viable website. What's the very least mm-hmm. we can get away with? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that's it. Like, and sort of prioritize it from there and do it in stages, perhaps. Which, which I think comes into a sort of slightly, because back a bit to kind of what you're talking about here. So, um, Helen, what you're saying is that it sounds like, you know, from, from the way that Harry's at right now, there isn't a particularly, you know, like pinned down strategy or content mm-hmm. plan right now. And that, that really what, what we need is we need a structure and we need a kind of confines to work within, which is why I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, do you really need a website? And if you need one, what's the very least you could get away with? Yeah, exactly. And even just having that in your mind and saying, well, we might want to do more than that, but you know, that's the very least we might want to do. Yeah. It's having that starting point, isn't it? And in that sense as well, it makes it all a little bit less intimidating as a project. It's like, right, we know we can start with this. Where can we go beyond that? Maybe later on. Yeah. Um, I I think so. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you've kind of you've covered off all of the key points there. Um, I think you need to get a sense of uh, prioritization on, on what we can actually achieve. And one thing that sort of jumped out to me around that is the situation with the current writers. Obviously, um, Harry mentioned that they're working on more sort of business as usual tasks, but I think it's going to be key to get them involved in this kind of strategic thinking at the start of the process so that they can feed into the planning. And as writers, they've probably got a good handle on what's going to be realistic in the current situation for us to to actually take on um, and maybe you know feed into what are the key pages that we really need to make sure we do here. Um, so I think by not getting them involved at this early stage, it might actually be making things a little bit more difficult than they need to be. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I would certainly say that's part of the diagnosis here. Um, the other thing that, that strikes me is that um, we've got to ask you know, that these guys are busy, apparently, but like busy doing what? And, you know, again, this is quite a hard question to ask, specifically when a company's made redundancies. But when we look at the tasks that those guys are, are currently carrying out as business as usual, you have to, you have to look at what's the commercial um, impact of the work that they're doing. And mm-hmm. you have to ask the question, would it be perhaps better and, you know, asking a big question, like, could we turn off business as usual for a month or so to allow these guys to go off and write the website? Could we scale back business as usual? Could we give it to somebody else? I think, again, we'll probably talk about this stuff, but I think as well as asking, do we need a new website or what's the least we could get away with with a website? We also need to ask the question on the other side, which is what are the guys doing in business as usual? You know, if it's mm-hmm. really important stuff like um, writing proposals or, you know, writing up case studies that are going to help when you client work, you're thinking, well, OK, you know, let, let's not pull them off that. But if business as usual was something like um, we've got a, a newsletter that's only got a couple of hundred subscribers and the guys are really busy putting that together, for example, you might want to take them off it. But we're, again, we're assuming that, that, that the guys have looked at that and, and decided, you know what, BAU needs to stay as yeah. usual yeah to, to take the last two <laughs> words from that phrase um the, the other thing is that you know there there are maybe ways that they could get involved you know that, that maybe wouldn't take up too much of their time meaning that they can get on with the stuff that is important that is that is helping the bottom line um and there are kind of there, there may be ways of bringing in other folk as well. So you kind of thinking as part of the diagnosis, you might want to think about subject matter experts that are not writers that are in the business, and you just you know just having a little think about you know how they might how they're involved right now in that stuff, and how we might be able to bring them into play. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point. Is that you know this project doesn't have to sit solely within the marketing team. Um, there's going to be other people within the business who can feed into it, especially at the strategy stage, uh, and help sort of define um, how to how to start putting things together. Um, and ultimately, the more people you've got sort of uh, on board at that stage, helping to figure out a solution. Um, the easier that's going to make things as you get further into the project. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's it's like a lot of marketing strategy stuff. It really is commercial strategy, business strategy. It's not, mm. you know, to, to your point, Chris, it's not just for the marketing team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the nature of this, I think, Helen, you kind of called it out a bit as well at the beginning. It's like there's this, um, you know, one foot in the treatment room with this one because we kind of, yeah. we can see what the issue is, but it's like, how do you grapple with it, you know? So mm-hmm. what we're going to do is, is move into... The treatment room. So, Helen, um, if you if you were able to just kind of uh, go in and you know, you know, suddenly transform the way that that, that Harry's team are, are approaching this, what would you reckon would be the the first things you would maybe grab hold of? Yeah, so I'm kind of thinking of it from like a content planning angle, and so I think if he's not done so already, Harry could start by laying out a content plan, and mm. um, just. Really simple, list all the pages that need to be written. You could just do it in a nice, neat table. You could even use Excel. Um, it's just a matter of getting all the pages down there and listing them, probably in order of priority. Um, and this will just give a much better idea of workload. This might have already been done, you know, but it's just to sort of make things more digestible. It might be that things aren't as hefty as he first thought. Um, and then I just look to start splitting the work up between teams. So... In this, So in Harry's very specific case here, ideally he's looking at just the writers, but if that's going to be too much of a stretch, he could see if there's anyone else on the team who might have some writing experience who could help too. It's the stuff we kind of touched on a minute ago, to be honest. It's, it's about deciding who you want to be involved. If you're going to be speaking to subject matter experts who are in different teams, bring them in now and just decide how you're going to divvy things up. But I think the main thing here is to set a high standard from the start. And that starts with just getting things organized yeah and by organizing it um to to flog my point earlier on about what's the minimum viable website mm-hmm. that we could build here by t- following your advice there and making sure that we structure everything have a nice table of you know all the different pages with you know where the source content is at the moment you know mm-hmm. um how good the original content is what needs to change who the product owner is blah 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 we might also want to have a, you know, red, this definitely needs to be in the site, no debate about it, you know, amber, you know, middling, and then green, do you know what, we can kind of do without it, or maybe you flip it around the other way, green is the stuff you're definitely doing, red is the stuff you're not doing, I don't care mm-hmm. about the colours, I just care about, um, <laughs> um, I just care about understanding, you know, are there things we could drop, Um, and, and also I think what you discussed there is that idea of, um, that idea of kind of, prioritizing it and start to kind of get a sense of you know what what it is you're tackling and in what order um i think that's all kind of really important stuff and mm-hmm. things like you know other structural things like the most experienced and senior writer in the team you know them coming in and maybe establishing the tone of voice some of the the messaging assets as well that we might want to look at templates yeah. that we might use to to um construct the pages so that we're keeping our build costs nice and low we're not having to do anything bespoke everything's mm-hmm. done to templates that that's a good way of saving some money maybe you might be able to claw back some money from your development budget um because you're you're able to have everything quite modular um and maybe you might be able to take 5 to 10k out of the development budget and shove that over to the writing budget 
you know, mm-hmm. it's not a crazy idea. Yeah, totally. And I think the the key thing here is that's that's becoming quite clear the more that we talk about this stuff is that it's it's first of all, it's worth spending time on all this stuff at the beginning of a project, you know, even if that means having like a few workshops and brainstorming sessions or whatever. But it's also I think you do need a certain amount of content expertise here, ideally. So you could even look to bring in an external writer or a content consultant to kick the project off because they'll know all this stuff. Um, and they can sort of help guide things at the beginning, get that quality up and get the project started, essentially. Yeah. Um, invest in the parts where quality and expertise are going to show. Um, yes. I, and I think I think the other thing that, that strikes me about this, we talked about this a bit earlier on when we were saying about, you know, bringing in the broader business to help with the, help with the for, sort of form the marketing strategy for this website. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's really important to say is that marketing in any business should simply not be viewed as a cost. If if a business is viewing marketing as a cost, it's doing something very deeply wrong. Marketing should always be about you put money into it and you get more money back from it. You know, customers yeah. spend more, you bring new customers in, you sell more to existing people. Whatever it is you're doing, you're bringing in invest, you're bringing money in through the investment you're making. If, if your marketing isn't doing that then take a long hard look at what your activity is so Mm -hmm. um you know pinching some pennies here and there just to get a website up you know is it you know it's not about just getting a website up it's about making money you know Mm -hmm. um you know you 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 might not want to cut your sales team you know in the same way that you might want not want to cut you know the marketing budget directly to the bone. It's a, it's maybe a kind of a slightly, um, it's maybe a slightly obvious thing to say, but I think it's very easy to think about it as a cost where we should be, if we're, if we're focused on, you know, building a new site, we should be thinking about it as an investment. That That's what it is. It's an investment. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. So like I said, so it's like, come back to your point, it's invest where quality is going to show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. And it's it's about sort of thinking the thinking about the bigger picture in that sense, I suppose, isn't it? Like this is this is gonna sort of pay pay itself back. Chris, what do you reckon? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think investing in the right places is always gonna, you know, yield results further down the line. I think Helen mentioned about bringing in an external writer to set up the project and then to kind of monitor quality as it goes on. And I think that would be a great place to put a bit of investment to get that expertise on the team. Uh, especially if you're strapped for resources elsewhere, can can it help sort of uh, guide the project through mm. uh, you know choppy waters? Um, and I think you know another way to do that would maybe be to hire an experienced freelancer to actually take on the writing, so you can sure. you can get your in-house guys to sort of set up the project, you know, define the strategy. What do we actually need to do? What's the minimal viable uh, you know for the, the website? And then get someone with experience in the writing who can dedicate themselves to it uh, more full time. Um, it might not be the cheapest option, but I think if Harry can find the right person, they've got the availability to tackle that, turn it around fairly quickly, then it would be a good way to solve the problem uh, while still having that resource for the kind of business as usual uh, in-house. Yeah, and it's all it's all great if you've found a freelancer that you click with that gets the brand Oh, fantastic, you know, go off and do it. Um, and it's it's to save time and money there, again, because the client's, you know, very focused on this. Um, giving that freelancer the, the material they need right at the beginning, the structures they need, the constraints, and also making sure there are great lines of communication um, 
both ways on the project, that's going to save a lot of time and effort as well. Yeah, totally. And the, the deliverables do need to be kind of defined before you bring in the freelancer. That is essential. Otherwise, you know, things could go off course quite easily. Um, I mean, it may be, though, that you want their help in defining them. You know, if you've got a good freelancer you trust, who's got experience in this area, um, then they can maybe help you scope things out. But you just need to remember that that's going to be part of the project costs. Um, so you need to build that into your sort of uh, your funds for, for paying them. Yeah, this might be a opportune moment to gently suggest that any listeners who are who want to know a bit more about this might want to have a look at our uh, guide, which is um, titled "Deciding Who Should Write Your Content." That's over on our website. Um, some, I think, some good some good things to think about in there. Um, mm-hmm. We we don't presume to have the answer every time, but what we do hopefully have in that in that guide is some questions you should be asking, um, and the kind of questions that that flag up the logistical issues you might face if you. If you perhaps go down the the the, the least good route, um, <laughs> essentially what could go wrong? Flagging them up as much as the, the advantages. So worth checking that out if you if you're considering that route. Yeah, smooth advertisement there. Thank um, you. Um, I think that's worth checking out. Um, but I mean, how you could also maybe think about bringing in someone on a fixed term contract. Mm. That, that may be a, kind of, um, a more financial friendly uh, option uh, compared to hiring a, a freelancer. Um, but you know it brings a whole other person in for him to, to sort of manage along with the in-house team so you know ups and downs on that one mm. um there is also this you know we're flipping that around though um which could be you get the writers that are currently doing all this BAU stuff that's apparently really important and maybe bring in a contractor um or freelancer to do the general marketing stuff until the writers uh, I've finished the website. Not, not me, and another way around it. You know? Yeah, you, you could just sort of shuffle things around a little bit. Um, I think from Harry's, like, I do get the impression it may not be the easiest option at the moment. Um, you know, given the situation they find themselves in. Um, but there, you know, there's always the there's always the option of Harry completing the work himself. I guess you know, if if he wants to take that on. I think it completely depends on the experience levels and how much time he's got. But he, he, he just needs to keep in mind that. You know, he doesn't need to do everything at once. You know, go back, review that content plan, break it down, and maybe just sort of tackle this task bit by bit, make it a bit more manageable. Mm. You know, even chipping off a couple hours of writing a week uh, is better than nothing. It's gradually going to get you closer to that that finished product. Yeah, and and if you're desperately keen to make gains, um, and you need to make commercial gains, you might then think, mm, do we maybe keep our existing website and? populate this content week by week as Harry or whoever works through it. So we're we're getting those gains immediately rather than having to go to a new platform, for example, which is always yeah. going to take a bit longer. You might decide yeah. to do that and then flip the content into the new platform and then add the bits that are, you know, getting added because you don't have those pages in the current site. Um, there, there are lots of ways around that, but that, that might be one where you get a kind of, you get a quick gain, you get, you get some commercial benefit out of it. You get some copy up there you can test and again, by breaking it down into the chunks, it feels much more manageable. Um, and it's nice to see stuff up there and, like I say, test it, see if it's working for you. Um, Absolutely, yeah. It's yeah. all just about prioritising it. And I think, you know, that idea of being able to test it and see how it's working gives you a chance to maybe course correct as you do the rest of the, the website yeah. And, yeah. and just, you know, get a little bit extra from it. 
Yeah. So well, let's not go into kind of agile working process, processes and sort mm-hmm. of rapid testing. But yeah, I, I think that's in a whole other podcast. But it sounds like we're hoping start, hopefully starting to make things a bit less daunting for Harry. So let's move on to the next stage, which is staying healthy. It sounded incredibly strident, that, uh, that harp today. <laughs> um, launched into mm, it. Um, Helen, that, let's imagine mm-hmm. that Harry's gone off to create content, the content plan, shuffled the team around a little bit, brought in some external resource, um, or maybe even just started cracking on with the writing himself. How can he and the team keep things healthy from here on in? Um, well, I think it's really important just to keep quality in mind at all times. Um, it sounds like a bit of a sweeping statement or maybe just blindingly obvious, but I think it can be tempting for some to just rush through projects like this just to get something online, like we were just saying a second ago, you know, don't do that. Um, I think whatever approach Harry ends up going with, he should monitor it really closely to make sure things are running the way he wants it to, uh, he wants them to, sorry. So if work looks a bit rushed with lots of mistakes or if it's just a bit meh, like if it's, you know, if it's just something that's going to do the job, go back to the drawing board and speak to whoever's writing the content or have a word of themselves if it's him doing it, just to find out where more support might be needed and what's missing. Because I think making sure that the, the content is up is one thing, but making sure it's actually really reaching your users and actually serving a purpose and is engaging and ultimately selling your service or your product is is more important. Good, good advice. I, I, I think this is the, the area where um, that you want to think about when a project's been on hold for so long. There's this, there's a sense of, oh gosh, let's just get it done. Oh, I just want it done with mm. it. Um, and it, it's important that you keep the getting it over the finish line thing in mind, but it's got to be up to a good standard. Yeah, this is it. And I think it's it's a little bit about staff management, to be honest, as well. I, I mean, again, depending which solution he goes with, but if your team is really stretched and you're lining up a big project like this, it's really important to listen to their ideas, pay attention if they're struggling, um, just get their thoughts on how you're going to tackle it, because that's going to lessen the the risk of problems later down the line. Because stress writers don't write well at the end of the day. The excuse I've been using for the last 20 or so years. Uh, Chris, um, what do you reckon? Yeah, that is essential. You, you really want to do everything you can to just avoid stressing people out, um, you know, when it comes to a big project like this. So whether Harry chooses his existing writers for the project or he brings in external resources, he needs to just try and get them on board as soon as possible, um, you know, now, ideally. Um, and they've probably got a lot of thoughts on how best to run a project like this because, you know, content planning is like a kind of skill of its own. Um so, you know, get them on board early, that will save any stress for, for everyone. Um, I think the only other thing I would say in terms of staying healthy is maybe an obvious one, but, uh, you know, don't forget to sort of shout about all this work that you've done once the new site's ready. Um, it's quite easy for uh, excitement to die down a little bit internally once you've got a big project like this over the line, you know, when there's been maybe last minute difficulties. Um, so just try and, you know, stay positive about it, share those new pages on your social channels, you know, back up the, the team that sort of helped get you over the line in, in these sort of difficult uh, times. I think that's really important for morale. Yeah, well said. Um, coordinating a, a new site on a tight budget is tough. So if you're able to nail it with one of these strategies, it's something to be hugely proud of. Um, Harry, it looks like it's over to you and the team. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon using stronger language to cure another listener's brand agony. For more on brand language, messaging, content training and tone of voice, visit Blackad, 
www.cooperativeinvestmentlending.co.uk. 